Well, good evening, TNL. My name is Jared. About a year and a half ago, I realized that I was old. Now, I get that that is a very subjective and somewhat relevant statement to say, but I realized this because I have an 11-year-old daughter named Kenna, and I was coming to the realization that if I wanted to be able to physically enjoy life with her through her middle school and her high school and even her college years, something was going to need to change. I was going to need to build up some strength and some stamina. And so I went about doing a few things. I joined this program called Made For in which I wear these little colored strings on my wrist to remind me of some really basic health habits. I started doing a walk every morning with a weighted backpack for a mile or two. And I'm encouraged to say that over the last year and a half, my overall health has increased. Now, the importance of the story is not that I got better because of this practice every day for the last year and a half. The important thing is that I get to enjoy life with my daughter, both now and for the years to come. I get to enjoy like spontaneous games of playing catch or going for a bike ride or going on a hike together. And I would say all in all, it's been really good for my heart. It's been good for my heart, both physically and emotionally. So let me let you in on a little bit of a secret that's actually not a secret at all. I love structure. So the idea of like beginning daily practices was really kind of in my wheelhouse. But my desire was not just to put more structure into my life. Actually, there was a desire to be able to grow into some spontaneity, to be able to enjoy life both now and in the years to come. And it's proved to be really timely for 2020, right? 2020 is this year in which most of our structure has just been laughed at to be able to be a bit more spontaneous. And so that looked like changing our daddy-daughter trip from a trip to New York this summer to a trip in which we rented a Volkswagen bus and drove around Colorado. It looked like a fall break that we weren't really sure what to do, and so we just decided to pack a bag, and we drove and with no agenda or no destination and ended up in Aspen and had a great time. Spent the night, went on a hike, spent a little bit of money, and really enjoyed life together. So it's this relationship about structure and spontaneity that I want to talk for just a moment tonight about. As we close this series on generosity, I've reflected on financial generosity over the last couple of weeks. And the idea of this relationship between structured and spontaneous generosity is at the very heart of what I want to talk about. The message that's pretty simple that I've heard and that I want to share with you is this, that God knows that it's good for our hearts to give. God knows that it's good for our hearts to give, both in structured rhythmic ways and spontaneous acts of financial generosity. They're good for our heart. So in the same way that daily exercise is good for me to be able to spontaneously play with my daughter for years to come, a rhythm and a structure of financial generosity and giving will allow us to participate in those spontaneous acts that are memorable of generosity for years to come. See, the reason that God knows that it's good for our hearts to give is because God made us. God knows our hearts better than we do. He saw into this mystery of the overlap of our lives. There's the spiritual and the mental and the emotional and the physical, and all of these overlap in mysterious ways. And it's into that overlap that Jesus spoke. Jesus spoke about the financial habits of our heart 
and how they would shape the human heart and they would shape the outcomes of who we become. Jesus was teaching in a context in which 90% of the people who were listening to him were like day-to-day existence. They weren't managing checkbooks and mortgages and paychecks. And yet Jesus spent a significant amount of time talking about money. Long before the overwhelming weight of credit card debt or online shopping, Jesus knew how financial habits would shape our hearts. One of the practices for 2020 that I took on was reading a different gospel each month. And so in the month of November, I ended up reading Luke for the third and final time this year. It's intriguing how prominent an economic lens is to the book of Luke. Luke writes more about Jesus's interactions with tax collectors than any other writer. Luke includes more parables about money than any other of the authors. And Luke includes more teachings of Jesus about money than any of the other three gospels. So it's in Luke 16 that Jesus speaks directly to the financial habits of our heart. Reading from Luke 16, from the version of the message, it says this. Jesus went on to make these comments. If you're honest in small things, you'll be honest in big things. If you're a crook in small things, you'll be a crook in big things. If you're not honest in small jobs, who will put you in charge of the store? No worker can serve two bosses. He'll either hate the first and love the second or adore the first and despise the second. You can't serve both God and the bank. When the Pharisees, a money-obsessed bunch, heard him saying these things, they rolled their eyes, dismissing him as hopelessly out of touch. The wisdom of Jesus is this. The simple financial habits shape the outcome of our hearts. Jesus is incredibly insightful about how important it is that we use our money. We can all too easily think that we are using our money when the inverse is actually true, that our money is using us, that our master is in fact the bank. Jesus is like 2,000 years ahead of the script for the social dilemma, and he's cautioning us about the things that we think that we're using are actually using us. Jesus is cautioning us about what are the habits that are shaping our heart, and he's inviting us to look at how these financial practices about how do we steward what we've been given shape our hearts. I think it's incredibly important to not miss that the religious leaders were the ones who were described as money obsessed and money focused. The teaching about Jesus about money consistently was about trying to reorient and reorder our hearts to live generous lives. Jesus consistently confronted those who were obsessed with giving about the systems of giving, but really their hearts were full of greed. And unfortunately, it's still all too common that those who identify with faith have hearts that are ruled by the bank. There was a survey in 2016 about the average giving of those people who would identify as practicing Christians. The average gift of people who Um, considered themselves practicing Christians was $1,500 a year. Now, about half of the people who identified as practicing Christians gave less than $500 a year, and about 15% of the people who filled out the survey and said, I am a practicing Christian, gave nothing. $1,500 a year was the average. 
$500 a year was about half the people who said that they were a practicing Christian, and about 15% gave nothing. Like, this is not how we show the world what our Father is like. Because, like, if you think about it, we spend more on cell phones or cable or maybe even coffee than that. So what are the practices financially that are shaping our hearts? One of the great points from Phil's talk last week was about the clarity that a budget can bring. A budget can provide a framework of freedom. A budget for either your time or your money can help you have clarity about where is your heart being moved. The wisdom of Jesus is to consider what are the financial practices that are currently shaping my heart? Because Jesus is pretty clear the trajectory is what you do with a little will impact the outcome of what you would do with a lot. So I've spent the last couple of weeks reflecting on my own heart and my own financial habits. I looked at the shape of both the structured and spontaneous giving that I participate in. And my guess is that one of these two, you would more naturally lean to. Maybe it's structured and rhythmic giving, or maybe it's spontaneous acts of generosity. And I would offer both are important. They're both good for our hearts. They both help us cultivate lives of generosity. Both are important about stewarding all that we've been given from God. For me, it's been important to recognize that my practice of regular generosity or structured generosity isn't enough in the same way that I want to be more than just disciplined to do things day by day, but to enjoy my life with my daughter. I want to enjoy and create this heart of a cheerful giver. And so I was excited that there's this mentoring group that I'm a part of that decided last week they were going to do something very spontaneous. We all decided that we would tip $100 on either takeout or a tab at a restaurant that we were at. The amazing thing is, I mean, we all know that people in the service industry right now could probably use a big tip. But what was really enjoyable was for us to all get back together and share the stories about how that generosity was shaping the trajectory of our hearts. I'd like to conclude with two practices for you to consider. That you would consider ending 2020 or maybe beginning 2021 by regularly financially supporting TNL or another organization that you think helps encourage people and inspires people to live whole and healthy lives. Or, or maybe if you already have a regular practice of financial giving, that you would look for opportunities to spontaneously give. Maybe give a year-end gift to TNL, another individual, or another organization. It's so important to not miss the point of the practice. See, the point of the structured daily exercise is for me to be able to enjoy years to come of living and playing with my daughter. The point of financial generosity is that we could live generous lives, that we could enjoy the wholeness of our hearts the way that God intended. I think practicing both structured and spontaneous generosity cultivates this wholeness of heart that we all long for, but sometimes feels elusive, and we're not sure really what can we do to begin to move that way. God knows our hearts. God knows that it's good for our hearts to give. He knows our hearts because he made us and he sees into this sacred overlap and this mystery of our life. Jesus's words are the wisdom that we need in this moment. Giving is good for our hearts. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you uh, for knowing our hearts better than we do. 
We had asked that in this season that we would respond to you and to the invitation to give generously. Uh, Maybe that looks like beginning to create some structure or maybe that looks like to lean into some spontaneity. But ultimately, God, we want to receive everything that you've given to us as a gift. We want to be generous in responding and showing the world what you're like. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Amen.